What do you preach about? On the anniversary of resurrection morning. You know, the cliche would be a foregone conclusion, but the reality is, is that the events that we remember today are the foundation of our faith. There is no doctrine, there is no theology, there is no scripture that this Ebenezer doesn't touch. And so every year we ponder what facet of the jewel will we look at this year? So for 2022, some 1,993 years later, what we're going to do today is just enjoy and celebrate. For it was said of Christ in Psalm chapter 16, verses 9 through 11, that the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. The lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Indeed, I have a beautiful inheritance. I bless the Lord who gives me counsel in the night also. My heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells secure for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol or yet let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life in your presence. There is a fullness of joy, and at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. David wrote it. A thousand years before Christ would live it. thousand years and give or take 50 days until Peter would stand at Pentecost and quote from this very passage and preach the gospel effectually to men and women and children of the world for the first time. What, of true of, what is true of Christ is by extension true of his people. The prophet Isaiah in chapter 26 in verses 16 through 19 wrote and said, O Lord, in distress they sought you. They poured out a whispered prayer when your discipline was upon them. And like a pregnant woman who writhes and cries out in her pangs when she is near to giving birth, so were we because of you, O Lord. We were pregnant. We writhed. We have given birth to wind. We have accomplished no deliverance in the earth, and the inhabitants of the world have not Fallen And man, if he stopped there, there would be nothing but despair. But the hope of the Lord is not in the writhing of his people. Your dead shall live. 
Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is a dew of light and the earth will give birth to the dead. In the moment here today, in the day-to-day, every moment grind of the here and now, experience will often overwhelm the truth if we allow it. John Calvin famously wrote, It is difficult to express how ingenious almost all men are in counterfeiting a love that they do not really possess. In the moment, in the day to day, when Christ is beaten and chained at Caiaphas' house, and Peter's trying to stay warm by the fire, when everyone knows your accent and the fact that that means you're associated with him, When salvation has come, but the empowerment of the Spirit hasn't, and they're huddled together, fearing because of the death threats of the Jews, in the moment, if we're not careful, experience and the shallowness in the way that humans walk through it will overwhelm the truth. Oh, friends. By all means, fear. Just fear the Lord alone. For in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, the Lord said, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Man, there's no doubt about it. The disciples feared. All of those years ago and the days that was building up to this very morning, they were scattered. In Mark chapter 14, verse 22, it says, As they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, Take, this is my body, and he took a cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it just as you and me did today. He said, this is the blood of my covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly I say to you, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it anew in the kingdom of God. And when he had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives and Jesus said to them, you will all fall away for it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. And even though he had been telling them for three years, for a year just point blank what was coming when it came they did exactly what he said that they would do he said in the gospel of john in verse 16 that i came from the father and have come into the world and now i am leaving the world and going to the father and the disciples said to him ah now you're speaking plainly and not using figurative speech now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you For this is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, Do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it is come when you will be scattered each to his own home and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. And I have said these things to you 
that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. Take heart, for I have overcome the world. They scattered because they feared. The Gospel of John in chapter 20, it says, On the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for the fear of the Jews. And so what I want to say to you this morning is this. Be fearful for all of the right reasons. You know, man, that's not the kind of introduction that you normally expect at a resurrection morning service. I know. But here's the thing. Humans, because of their finite nature, are going to be fearful of something. So be fearful of him who brings life and joy so that you may have life and joy. For three days they feared. On the dawn of Resurrection Sunday, they feared again. And it was a completely different kind of fear. This morning in Matthew chapter 28, in verses 1 through 10, it says, Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. Behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Come and see the place where he lay, and then go quickly. Tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. So they departed quickly from the tomb with both, now check it out, with fear and great joy, and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, Greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshipped him. And Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Now, this morning we celebrate. And so I'm not going to dive off into some deep exposition, but I do want you to notice something because you, there, there is something that is happening that is recorded here in Matthew chapter 28 at the resurrection of Jesus Christ that is so profound that it goes beyond the ability of the Greek language to express it. 
Now look, stuff happens to my dog that's so profound that the English language has a hard time expressing it. But when you push Greek past its boundaries, you've done something. Every time you see the word fear or afraid, it's always the, the root here in Matthew 28. And there's, the Greek's got lots of words for fear. But right here in Matthew 28, everything that says fear or afraid, the root is the same root. It's all phobos. It's where we get our word for phobia. And it means to be physically shaken. Okay, this is not an intellectual concept of fear where you go, hey, listen, you know, there's risk in X and there's risk in Y and we're going to balance those out and figure out which way we're going to go. No, this means fear. And check out what happens. Man, here's this angel. Now, now look, man, I don't want to elevate us to a place we ought not to be, but I want to make sure that Christ is elevated to the place he's supposed to be. Angel means messenger. Man, this guy is the messenger. Now, he's a bad dude, no doubt about it. But when you talk about who Christ is, man, he's just there to deliver the goods. And he shows up dressed white as snow with a countenance like a lightning bolt. I don't even know what that's like. Man, just the other day, we had a pretty good one come right through. You could sit out on the porch and watch it over and over and over. And it only exists for an instant. And yet it's impressive to see. And so here's this angel sitting there. And he's like constantly a lightning bolt. Roman soldiers. Centurions. Subscripted conscripted Roman soldiers like dead men because of the fear. Just of the messenger. And here you have these two women. And man, they're hurting. And they're fearful Their anguish is greater than their fear. Otherwise, they wouldn't have come. Everything that we see unfold in the events up to the crucifixion, the events immediately thereafter, all the way up into the first five chapters of Acts, tells us that, in fact, being there is a very dangerous thing for them to do. Their anguish, anguish overrides their fear. Mary had had a multitude of demons cast out of her. She loved her Lord. Catatonic Romans, two women. A message from this angel, don't be afraid. What do they do? They leave taking the message that they are given in what manner? In fear and great joy. (laughs) 
In verse 7, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee and there you will see him. See, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them saying greetings. And they came up and they took hold of his feet and they worshiped him. And Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? And not one of them will fall to the ground apart from your father. But even the hairs of your head are all numbered. Fear not, therefore, for you are more valuable than many sparrows. So that's Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 18 through 31. And here we see the example being lived out in Matthew chapter 28. And Jesus says two things. Don't fear those who kill the body, but fear him who can destroy both body and soul. And fear not, for you are of more value than many sparrows. What do you do with that? You can do one of two things with it. Either Christ is completely self-contradictory and possibly schizophrenic. Or he's talking about two different kinds of fear. One type of fear that causes men to straight up fall out on you. And another kind of fear that produces joy so that you run and go tell others and get yourself to Galilee to go to the fearful one as quick as you can possibly get there. Here the language of men fails. Here we see the two responses that will come from men at the reality of a risen Savior. Friends, Jesus Christ got out of the ground after three days. And there is hope in no one else. There is no other name given under heaven by which we must be saved. That is a fearful thing. If you can approach that as some kind of commonality, like, hey, we go to church and we hear about the salvation of Jesus Christ because he died for our sins, he was dead for three days, and three days later he got out of the grave. And if you can approach that like it is just some common fact that can be spoken about the way we talk about politics or the way we talk about the weather, then, friends, you don't know what the fear of God is. That dude got out of the grave. Of his own power. Unbelievable. He didn't need a prophet. He didn't need an apostle. He didn't need a preacher. He did it of his own accord. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Boom. Man, if that doesn't weird you out, you don't understand what the gospel is. That's crazy stuff. And you'll have one of two responses. 
if you really see it. Because here's the deal, friend. If you haven't had one of these two responses, I want to beseech you. If you haven't had one of these two responses, you have not heard the gospel. It's one of the two. It's trembling and catatonic. Or, yes. Fear and joy. Run and tell. Get to Galilee as fast as you can get there. Because that's where I'll be waiting. And that's where you'll find him. The earth shook. The rocks split. Romans, Romans. Romans struck as though they were dead. Propitiation personified. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad, my whole being rejoices, my flesh also dwells secure, for you will not abandon my soul to Sheol, nor let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is the fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Please listen, friend. If you know what I'm talking about, then what we'll do today is say awesome together. And if you don't, please, let me tell you, you need to be scared. Just be fearful the right way. Be fearful to the way that leads to joy and life and the resurrection of the dead for the glory of God in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. What else can we say? We stand in awe. We stand in fear. We stand in joy. And we stand in hope. We love you. Because you first loved us. Lord, we pray that you would be glorified on this day of remembrance in the midst of your people. That you would draw lost men to yourself. And Lord, that we would be sanctified in your spirit. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.